morning, my brothers and sisters in Christ. As the movement control order has entered into an extended phase, we praise God that we can still meet together in this manner on this lost day. Let's come to the Lord in prayer before we examine as we hear, before we get the word of God. Father, we thank you for this morning that we can come together and worship you and indeed in spirit and in truth. In spirit because that although we are not physically in the presence of each other, but we know that we share something common in Christ Jesus. In truth, because we come to you and to allow your word to speak to us. Therefore, we pray for your Holy Spirit to come and open our hearts, that we may receive a new impartation of your truth and revelation into our lives. Lord, indeed speak to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We've been talking about uh, resetting. I have uh, told us that we are on a series of looking at how God, how God is resetting our lives. Before we know which area of our lives that needs to be reset, and to know that you know what has gone wrong, you know what has what has uh, gone out of order. So this morning, I'd like to share with us on this topic of reset, finding contentment. Before the Lord can reset our system of belief and mindset, He will expose what is motivating us. He will first need to surface that which is out of sync with His values. Talking about system of belief or mindset, it is something that is hidden in us that operates in such a way that, that determines our action, our decision, our attitude, and our thinking without us being conscious of it all the time. Last week, I shared with us and those of uh, us at the Chinese congregation, I talked about the, the different outworking of system of belief in medicine, let's take for example. You know that Western medicine and Chinese med medicine are built on two very different belief systems and therefore the outworking of them, the approach of these two systems are significantly different. We want to look at the Word of God in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6 to 10. Let's read these verses together. Now, godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into this world, and it's certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and clothing, with these we shall be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their, in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Now, godliness with contentment is great gain. What does it mean? What does it mean for us to live in a life of contentment? And first of all, we like to look at this word that Paul Use in his writing, in the Greek word and original Greek word, but this word contentment simply means the sufficiency, sufficiency of the necessity of life. The two aspects in this whole concept of contentment. Number one, it is about the necessity of life. 
it is not about what we desire because sometimes what we desire and what we want is not exactly what is not exactly equivalent to what we need and therefore it is the necessity in life that needs to be satisfied and the sufficiency of the necessity in life means that all that we need in life is is satisfied we are satisfied now only in godliness Paul says we find true contentment which is inconsistent with the rest of the scripture because God is our sufficiency in Psalm 23 verse 1 and we read the Lord is my shepherd I lack nothing David in the psalm says that because God is his shepherd because he is following God therefore he lack nothing in life that means that he is satisfied all that he needs in life is being satisfied simply by the fact that he was following God he was pursuing God he was walking after his ways so we can see that true contentment can never come about apart from God himself what about this phrase the love of money many times that we say that it is not money that it's a root of all kinds of evil but rather the love of it the love of money this particular translation comes from one single Greek word but this Greek word is phylakairia uh, or phylakairos it is the uh, combination of two Greek words so to speak is phylos and agos what does it mean if we translated it into English phylakairos means covetousness and phylos is friend and agos is silver so covetousness translated is uh, directly from these two Greek words is friend with silver or form of silver so love of money is about covetousness that means desiring more than what we need sometimes the way that we uh, describe it is like you know our eyes are bigger than our stomach right we desire something uh, so much more than what we actually can stomach or what we actually need in our life now when money becomes a pursuit not just a necessity now that is where covetousness will come into play so again the money itself is not um, the root of all kind of evil but pursuing it pursuing it beyond what you need more and, uh, and uh, above far above what we need now that is called covetousness now what about contentment what is the relationship between contentment and pursuit of money now don't get me wrong it doesn't mean that we will we will not we will not find a job we will not do business to earn money to earn a living now that is not what we are talking about here we're talking about rather to pursue after it as if that it is something that we need to do in our lives 
it has a lot to do with our level of contentment, what I call it. How do we discover the level of our contentment? Now, let us look at this, uh, how the level of contentment determines our pursuit in life. Discovering the level of our contentment. When we live in many options or choices, our level of contentment is inclined to be buried deep in a hard-to-reach place, hard-to-feel contented. Let me explain this. You know, when we are living in a in a life that when we have a lot of choices, you no, know, we have we have we have food that we can choose to eat from. I still remember that my my late mother used to tell us this story when she was still living with my grandfather, my maternal grandfather in Kinapadangan River, and you know they have uh, ample supply of durians coming to them, and she would say that you know she would give given a basin every morning and during the open in front of her she will take a uh, you know, take a bite at the durian and if it's good she'll eat it if it's not good she immediately throw it into the basin and all those durian that she consider not as tasty not to her liking she will just dump it into the basin and that basin later on will be collected from all the sisters and they will make into durian cake. You know, when durian are uh, in abundance, that she, she her level of uh, contentment is very, very deep. That means the standard is very high. Right? Standard is very high in order for her to feel truly contented. Now, when we have many choices in life, we 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 our level of contentment is somehow buried deep in the hard to reach place. And some of us may have experienced this when we live in a condition when we're very much deprived and uh, of certain kind of food we long for the kind of food that we we, we normally would not choose to eat when i was uh, little i my family uh, my family uh, eat uh, ate a lot of fish uh, fish was uh, our main diet until one day I felt that you know I was so sick and tired of fish. And whenever my my family, my parents cooked me fish, service fish for meals, and I said fish again. Until I went to India, I spent a year in India. I was in the place called Pune, and so far away from uh, ocean, so far away from sea. Even when I reached there, some of my Indian friends new friends uh, in, in those days after i met them one of the first things they told me is, is that never eat fish in this place because we are so far away from the ocean and all the fish that is being sold in the market are from the river here and and they were telling me that the river is so polluted and uh, it just can't touch the fish there so interesting enough that for that one whole year i i have no fish to eat and some of my Indian friends were trying to break the rules a little bit. At one time, they bought some fish from the market and cooked in the hostel where we are staying, the government hostel where we are staying. And after that, the next day, they came to me and said that, wow, we just couldn't resist it. We have not been having fish for so long. We bought one fish, we cooked it, and we were having diarrhea the whole night through. So again, it says that, Please listen to our advice, you know, don't eat fish over here. Now, towards the end of that one year, 
and in fact it was way before the end of the one year of my time in India I say to myself that I would never complain about eating fish again you know when there was not too many options not too many choices in life and our level of contentment begin to 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 surface because we have not much to choose from when there are too many things too many too many nice foods to choose from we tend to be very choosy but if we look at the life of many options and choices i define it as i define it as richness riches or richness is when we have many options or choices poverty on the other hand is when we have no or few options or choices to choose from think about it the rich will always have plenty of options they can choose between the good and the best for the poor there is not much of a choice of option they can still choose they can choose to live or their option will be to die to perish so when we are stripped of options of and choices when we become poor in a sense then we can inherit the riches of the kingdom of god in matthew chapter 5 verse 3 and it says blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven i always wonder what jesus meant every time i ponder upon what jesus taught in this few verses i receive new revelation why is it that those who are poor in spirit they will inherit or theirs is the kingdom of heaven because they don't have choice in life they were being stripped of options and choices and and when we have too many options and choices laid before us we do not we we tend to are uh, not be able to appreciate what we already have we tend to pursue what we desire or rather pursue what we need in life and coming back to the passage that we read this morning that is what paul is saying here he is talking about that you know those who desire to be rich to pursue richness to make riches to make their desire to into their their goal in life their pursuit in life will fall into temptation and a snare a snare of the enemy and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown them in destruction and perdition this week we saw a big crash in the world oil petroleum market and i never thought i live to see oil prices world oil prices drop if below $8 per barrel and this week we saw the oil price in the oil market drop to 1650 US dollar per barrel at one point let us have a bit of uh, perspective at the height of uh, the petroleum price in the past few years it was above 100 US dollar per barrel and before before this pandemic of covid-19 
came into the scene, oil price was uh, between $30 a thereabout. And, and, and it crashed at one point uh, to $20. And this week, we saw that it has gone down to $650. I still remember the time I first graduated from university in the late 80s. I was doing a course that will prepare me to enter into the oil and gas industry. I was already to go into that industry. And I still remember that the time I graduated, the oil price, world oil price at the time was eight US dollar per day. Nobody is hiring. No oil and gas industry company is hiring. No company is hiring for that matter. And I asked myself, why Lord, why, why is all this happening? And of course, that it was difficult to find jobs. When we were in university, my senior was doing the same course uh, as my batch. They got into the oil and gas industry. It was not easy, but they got it, got in. My junior later on, I found a lot of them have has gone into oil and gas industry, the mining industry, and so on. Except our batch, or that about the one or two years uh, of graduates, we find that we were doing all kind of things. And that was a time that when options were strict for me, choices were strict for me. And I need to look at myself and my life and say, you know, what is what is really important in life? What am I like? What am I pursuing in life? What a reason that I wanted to get into the oil and gas industry when I undertake this uh, course of study. Well, anyway, the course of study, this particular course of study, was not my first choice, but I pick it up. I I decided to major. In this, uh, in this area, in university, because of the lucrative job that I can get after my graduation, and we have I, my you know some of my senior they have worked for five years, and at the time between three years, three to five years, the annual income is six figure, and if beyond seven years, the annual income could be as high as uh, seven figures. Uh, that was very, very attractive. Some of my seniors, they work for 10 years, 15 years, and they retire. Retire back home. And it was very tempting. It was, it was very attractive. So I was pursuing that in my life. And I found that suddenly, when all these choices were stripped of me, and the Lord was leading me through this area of finding contentment in my own life. What is really the necessity in my life? When will I say enough? Now, why is it important to find our level of contentment? Because of this, at least these three things. When we attain our level of contentment, only then we can, number one, be thankful. Let's talk, let's, let's give an example. If we are contented, as Paul has said, with food to eat, you know, uh, with clothing, and and perhaps for some of us, a shelter over our head. If that is what we are looking for, right, and that the level of contentment is is very obvious, is is very very low. That means our requirement is not very high. 
is very obvious and it is very low. But once once we have attained that level of contentment, then we are thankful. And those who do not look for many things, many luxurious things in life, will easily are those who are easily contented, are people who will be always thankful. And and I know some children, you know, they they like a certain kind of food, and if you give them that particular kind of food, they will be so happy. They will be so happy. You you don't need to give them expensive things to eat. You don't need to buy them expensive food, um, exotic food for them to eat, because the level of the contentment is very is very obvious. They are easily satisfied. And if we if we require much in life, I say require much in life, not need much in life. If we pursue much in life, we always find that we are in a position when we are discontented. If we are discontented, we become restless. If we have become restless, we cannot be thankful. We become restless because we are discontented. We we can't be thankful. And we always feel that life is owing us something, or sometimes even worse still, God, you owe us something. You owe us a blessing. I am your children. I am your people. You, you owe me something because I am not content. To find our level of contentment, the best time to do that is when we are stripped of choices and options. Talking about food, I remember that some year, some years ago, that we had a youth camp in the interior in Philippines. We group of young people from the town area, both from KK and West Malaysia and many parts of Malaysia as well. They came. I still remember that two two young persons who told me this. One of them is from West Malaysia, and uh, spending about a week in uh, in interior in that kind of condition. And in those days, of course, twenty years ago, and on the way back to Kuala Lumpur, and one of them was telling me that I was so happy to see a McDonald, and when I sank my teeth into that burger, wow, this is all I need. This is all. This is all I. This is all I want. I'm so thankful. You see. And even a simple McDonald burger right, will cost this uh, has caused this young person to be so thankful to to God, because suddenly the options are are strict, and and choices are limited. And uh, she learned to be appreciative of the little things, a little enjoyment, a little extra, yes, little extra from what she really needs. She needed food, yes, but it was a little bit extra for her, and she was able to say, "Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you for bringing me to this uh, McDonald joint." Uh, that's that's what I did, you know. I brought her to the McDonald joint, and I was also told by a young man from uh, from our church, and uh, because there were so many young people gathered together at the time uh, for this youth camp. And water supply was running low. Water pressure was very low. And she, he, he was, he was telling me that he needed to take a shower 
you know, like a, using a very low take, you know, low low pipe, and he needed to to squat down and put his head really low in order to wash, in order to shampoo his head. And after that, he said that whenever I go home, I'm not going to complain about not having hot water to shower. I'm so appreciative for what I have, what my family has provided for me in the home. Now, actually, he he lived his life like that, filled with thanksgiving, very thankful, requiring, desiring very little things in his life. And I hope that after this MCO period, you know, in the midst of all this, we live with so much less. And after this, let us not forget. Let us not forget how to appreciate the kind of blessing, the many blessings. I would rather say, the many luxurious or luxury that we enjoy in food, in 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 uh, uh, in freedom to uh, to socialize. Let us live a thankful life, even after. The MCO uh, has been lifted. Secondly, when we attain our level of contentment, only then we can be generous and giving. It's very obvious because it is how much I need. I am satisfied. Any extra, why not bless others? Why not give to others? This period of time that we have come across, as I mentioned last week, close to fifty families. Whom we are in contact with are running out of food in their household. Whatever aid uh, that the government is giving is either not able to reach them for one reason or another, or just not sufficient because the family uh, is quite large. These families are quite big, and it is very hard to imagine, you know, when, uh, when families are living from hands to mouth, and when The bread earner in the family stop working. A lot of them are day workers, they are hawkers, and,、uh, and all kind of、uh, contract workers, and so on and so forth. And when they stop work, the income has also stopped. They live on the saving, which is not very much, obviously. And they have come to a point that they have been in such a desperate place and desperate position. Their choices were stripped off. The option was triggered. Those of us who are so blessed today that some of us may、uh, may be facing a pay cut somewhere in the future, or if not, we already are facing it, or loss of income, we're living on our saving, and, and a whole lot of other difficulties. But let let us give thanks that we still have food to eat. We still have food. That we can put on our table for our family. In times like this, if the level of our level, the level of our contentment is not that high, it's not that difficult to accomplish or to reach. We find that we are contented, as Paul said, with food and clothing, right? In food and clothing. And once we are contented, any extra, then we find that we have the freedom to give. We can decide how much we want to give. We can decide how much we can give in order to bless 
those who are truly in need. Those who are truly poor, no choices, no option. Number three, when we attain our level of contentment, only then we can be free from the snare of the enemy. The enemy cannot hold us in bondage anymore because this is how much we, we need. The enemy cannot use all this, what is over and above what we need to tempt us, to entice us, to keep us in bondage. We can say to the enemy, no, it is all that I need. It is all that I need. Remember when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness after 40 days of fasting and of uh, uh, without food and without water? And the, and, the, and the devil came to Jesus. The first thing he said to Jesus was that if you are the son of God, turn this stone into bread. And Jesus, obviously, his physical, his physical need is undeniable. He was hungry. He was thirsty. But yet, his level of contentment is so basic. And he said that, you know, do you not know that man should not live by bread alone? But every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. To Jesus, that is the level of contentment. That is the basic, the most basic in life. Not even food, right? Not even um, the immediate gratification of hunger at the point of time. But it was the word of God. It was what God says that He. He found it more needful than anything else in his life. So my dear friends, my dear brothers and sisters in Christ, when I was in that situation in the late 80s, I asked God, why are you doing all this? There was no answer. And I believe at that point of time, God was addressing the world. I can't remember exactly how the world looked like in the late 80s, honestly. You know, we, those days that we, we did not have uh, very fast internet, we were just coming into the internet age and so on. A lot of things that we just read from magazine, just read from newspaper, and, and, and obviously God was speaking to the world, was speaking to us, bringing a message to the nations, to the, to the entire human civilization. But in the midst of all this, Inevitably, that people such as myself, cause people, we were also affected. We also suffer to a certain extent. All this that what the Lord is doing, the message that God is bringing to the world. But take heart, my dear brothers and sisters in Christ. God's grace was truly sufficient for me. If it's not because of that, the episode, I will not have the, the, the experience to come into the richness of experiencing life in India. And I will not have the opportunity to pursue my course of study, pursue the path of godliness, to pursue the path to maturity in my life. And I look back in those, uh, to those days in the 80s, and I, and I really cannot imagine how it would, my life would have been if I were to remain in the oil and gas industry to this day. Perhaps I will be rich, richer than I am today. But I would not know, I would, I would, not, I would not be able to tell exactly how my relationship with the Lord 
is going to be. Whether I will become those who fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition, I can never tell. But in all this, God was charting my life. As it were, there was there was a switch of direction. Did God plan it? I'm not too sure. But certainly, in the whole circumstances, God led me through. God can lead us through this current situation, the current challenges as well. But we need to pursue Him, my dear friends, my dear brothers and sisters in Christ. When we draw near to God to pursue godliness, to pursue Him, only then. He will lead us onto the path of true contentment, which otherwise we cannot find. For some of us, a path we never knew existed, a path we never journeyed before. I want to leave these words behind to encourage us. But you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. The words in First Timothy chapter six verse eleven, because it's only when we pursue God, pursue godliness, that we will find that we can enter into the whole riches of the kingdom of heaven. May the Lord bless all of you. Let us pray. Father, I I know that many of us are faced with. Many challenges at this moment of time. Many of us look into our future. We do not know how life is going to be like after a few weeks, after a few months. Father, in the midst of all this uncertainty, we know that you are the unchanging God, and therefore we fix our eyes on you. We put our hope in you, you who love mankind so much. That you did not spare your own Son Jesus to save us from destruction, from eternal death. We know that you will never leave us alone. You will never forsake us. Therefore, as your people, in the midst of all that you are doing and all that you are speaking to the world, to to mankind, to human civilization, I pray the Lord would you direct our path as we pursue you, as we pursue godliness. The Lord, that we will come into true contentment and true security, true peace. Lord, be with us, be with your people this day. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen.